All right. Well, yeah, this morning we're talking about the subject of uh, Christ's return. And so while we we're on that thought, I thought we'd go ahead and finish up Second uh, Peter. Second uh, Peter. We've been going through that, so we'll try to finish that uh, that up tonight. So we'll turn over to Second Peter uh, chapter three. Second Peter uh, chapter three. And uh, look at some things here. Second Peter chapter three. And we'll read verses 10 through 18. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 18 say this in the Word of God. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? and all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heaven being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his nevertheless we according to his promise look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, my beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures under their own destruction. Verse 17, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your goodness and grace. And uh, Lord, again, we uh, pray for the, uh, the needs that have been mentioned. Lord, we think of Mike. We think of uh, the Halls and uh, others, uh, dear God, that just need your touch uh, uh, physically tonight. And uh, no doubt, uh, we think of Mike also, he needs your touch spiritually as well. And Lord, just some people that need encouragement. Uh, Lord, it's so easy to get caught up in our own circumstances, so easy uh, to let our own little world close in on us. Uh, Lord, but help us uh, uh, to look up unto Jesus, the author and finish of our faith. Lord, if we'll keep our eyes on him and uh, stay in the word of God and rest in his faithfulness, uh, dear God, we can be lifted above our situation and circumstance and realize, as we uh, talked about this morning, there's always hope. Uh, uh, there's uh, always a, a future in Jesus Christ. And uh, Lord, we just need to, to rest in you and abide in you. And as uh, they just sang, Lord, if we'll just surrender all to you, then all will be okay. Now, again, Lord, as we think about you coming, uh, dear God, help us to realize until we get to the by and by, we still have to live in the now and now. And so, Lord, you've called us to live a certain way in the now and now until you take us to the by and by. So, Lord, as we look at these portions of scriptures, let's be mindful of that. Again, Lord, you know needs upon people's hearts, dear God, things that may not be mentioned, but no doubt there's things weigh upon people's hearts tonight, and you know. So we ask you to touch and strengthen and encourage there as well. Now, again, Lord, guide us through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, again, as we looked at this morning, one of the greatest themes in the Bible, of course, is the Lord's return. We talked about that this morning, and these uh, verses mentioned a little bit. And so as we finish up Second Peter, we see that the last thing God gave Peter to write under, of course, the inspiration of the Spirit 
was truth concerning uh, the Lord's coming and other events that will take, uh, uh, take place. So in this uh, second Peter, the highlights, our Lord's return, and some things that are given to us. And of course, this isn't a detailed inscription. It gives an overview uh, of some things that we need to be aware of uh, as believers. Now, uh, notice at verse 10 what it says here, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are in shall be burned up. And then uh, uh, it mentions uh, uh, some other things in verse 12, the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Now we need to remember sometimes when the Bible talks about uh, prophecy, it can be maybe a specific event or it can be uh, about some things that will take place over a time period. So just because it mentions all these things at once doesn't mean they're necessarily going to happen all at once. Let's look at a good example of that in Acts 2. Turn back to Acts 2. And you remember when uh, uh, Peter preached, he mentioned a prophecy uh, from uh, the book of Joel. And so look at verses 16 through 21 of uh, uh, Acts 2, Acts 2, just as, a, as, as, as an example about when something's prophesied, it's not necessarily always fulfilled at once, but we'll pick up here in verse 16 of Acts 2, and Peter says this, he said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters Wow, even the daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, the signs of earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable look at this day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, let us notice something. He mentions about the Spirit of God being poured out. He mentions about the sun turning into darkness. He mentions about the, 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 the moon being turned into blood. So, question, did God pour out his Spirit as mentioned in verses 17 and 18 on the day of Pentecost? Well, yeah, he poured out his Spirit there. So, the answer to that is yes. But then he also mentioned the sun being turned to darkness and the moon into blood and uh, other things mentioned. Did those things happen that day? As mentioned, I know those things didn't happen. So part of it was fulfilled and we know that the rest is going to be fulfilled at the Lord's appointed time. And so we need to realize that, that even where we see several things mentioned here in 2 Peter chapter 3, doesn't mean that all these things are going to happen the same day, but we know they are going to happen because they're in the Word of God. So we need to understand that when we read some things about uh, prophecy, it doesn't necessarily mean they're all going to happen in the same event, but again, they will happen somewhere along according to God's timetable. So I see we believe, again, the same, some of the same things mentioned here. Again, not everything will happen in one event or time period. But again, all these things are going to happen. So as he, as he, as he reminds them, as he's finishing up his writings, uh, he gave 1 Peter, now the second epistle. We see here that God gave him some things. He says, listen, these things are going to happen. And so in these verses, God gives us a list uh, a list of what he would like us to be doing 
while waiting for his return and what he would like to find when he returns. He said, listen, uh, he's going to come back and some of these things are going to be happening, right? We just sang about the sweet by and by. But remember, the sweet by and by is going to happen. But until then, you got to live in the now and now. And so while you're waiting for the by and by, here's some things I want you to be focused on in the now and now. We might look at that way. So he gives us a list. Sort of like a parent, right? Sometimes when uh, parents uh, go away, they'll give a list of expectations uh, uh, to the children uh, for the time period they are away. Anybody remember that? You know, mom and dad leave and they say, hey, uh, uh, we want these things done by the time we get home. Anybody ever get one of those, those lists? Anybody wait to the last minute? <laughs> Anybody that did wait to the last minute? Man, you're awesome if you didn't, all right? Uh, wait till uh, the last minute. You say, oh, well, you know, mom's not going to be home till 6, so if I start at 4.30, I'll get it done. But for some reason, she shows up in 3 and get a whooping and still have to do them, right? So get, let's go ahead and uh, get, get, get those things done, children, right? So in verse 11, we are challenged that if we believe the Bible and the surety of these events, it should impact it should impact the way we live our lives. Notice it says here in verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, seeing that this is going to happen, what manner of persons ought ye to be? What manner? He said, listen, since you know that these things are coming, this ought to make you think about the way you live your life and the type of example that you want to be before the world until I come. And notice that word conversation, which of course we know means lifestyle, right? This is the type of life you should be living now until then. Notice verse 14. It mentions this. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, right? We should be looking for these things, focused on now, but looking ahead. Again, we're not, as believers, even though we talk about the last days, that isn't really our focus, but our focus should be, again, the last day. We look for such things. It says, be diligent, look at this, that you may be found of him. Think about that. When he comes back, when we are found, in, when we are found, when he returns, we need to think about that. How will we be found when he returns? Where will we be found when he returns? How are we going to be found? Where are we going to be found? With what will we be found? And who with will we be found? Some things to think about in life, right? How are we going to be found? Where will we be found? Will we be in our rightful place? Will we be doing the rightful things? Will we be with the rightful people? Uh, when he returns, some things to think about. But hopefully we'll be found of him, it says. Not only of him, but hopefully be found like him, right? Remember when Jesus was found by his parents in the temple, right? They went back and they found him. And what was he doing? He was busy about his father's business. And so our prayer, amen, that if we want to be like Jesus, when he was found, he was found busy about his father's business. And when he comes back and finds us, we want to be found of him and busy about his father's business, Verse 15 mentions, and account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. And boy, as we, as we think about, well, when he, when's he going to come back? I don't know. But we can certainly say that the Lord has been long suffering to mankind. The Lord has been long suffering to our nation. It's a matter of fact, I mean, he, that means he suffers long. That means he puts up 
with our misdeeds, our sin for a long time. God has been merciful to us and indeed the whole world, right? That these events have not come to pass yet. That in his grace, he's giving men time to turn to him and also giving us time to live for him. Verse 17 says this, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things. Notice this. Look, you see these things. You're waiting for these things. Ye know these things. Beloved, ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things. Remember, remember, we know these things. God is revealing these things to us in his word. Maybe he didn't reveal everything, but he's given us enough to know something's going to happen. And he's given us to know uh, enough to know how we should live our lives. And uh, uh, remember, I say it again, those that walk with God, those that walk with God, what? They see things others don't see, and they know things others don't know. And so we have that privilege, right, of knowing some things that others don't know. And so uh, uh, that should make us prideful, amen, but that should make us uh, 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 aware, amen, that we have a responsibility with the knowledge that we have and how we live our lives. So God's word has given us a heads up of what lays ahead. And so let us live accordingly. Let us live accordingly. And again, notice some things that are mentioned beginning in verse 14. Wherefore, beloved brethren, seeing ye look for such things, be diligent. Be diligent. So as believers, we need to be diligent. That word means to be eager, to make an effort to do one's best and to give serious attention to this thing called the Christian life, amen? We need to be eager about it. We need to give, amen? We need to seek to do our best and give serious attention to the life that God has called us to live. You know, as we look at this list that God gives us, he says, be diligent, right? If Christ would come at this moment, would he find us being diligent? Would he find us being serious? The other night we talked about scoffers. What are scoffers? People that mock things that are serious, people that don't take, that make light of things that are serious. And so on the other hand, uh, we should be the ones taking serious the things that are serious. And living for God and being an example for a lost and dying world is something serious and something we should be diligent about and seek to do Eagerly, we should be persistent in our hard work to live for him. And so we need to ask ourselves, when Christ comes, will he find us? Will he find me? Me, right? I got to, uh, you know, again, uh, when we see verses like this, we should write our name next to that. God says, be diligent and write your name. Listen, am I being diligent? Jeff, this verse is talking to you. To check your heart. Are you being diligent? Amen. To be a witness for the Lord. What else does it say here as we go through this? Is and that you be found of Him in peace, in peace. What a wonderful, what a wonderful thought that is. No one has peace with God. Of course, He's not a Christian to have God's peace. You have to know Him. And so, are you are you saved? And do you have that peace uh, in your life? I like this definition of peace that I found. Peace. Listen to this definition of peace that a believer should have. It says, the tranquil state of the soul, 
the tranquil state of the soul that is assured of its salvation through Christ. Amen. The soul that is assured of its salvation in Christ and knows what it has in Christ. Amen. It's it's tranquil, right? It's calm. It has peace and fearing nothing from God. I have I have no fear, amen, that uh, God's going to knock me across the head or anything, amen. I know that I have peace, that I have a right relationship with him, that that's been settled in the finished work of Jesus Christ, and he is content with his earthly lot. Listen, I'm content with uh, uh, my earthly lot because I know nothing comes into my life unless it gets the approval of God. And so I trust him with what he allows into my life, and I trust him with what he keeps out of my life. Amen. Uh, as I as I pray for pray for things, and that doesn't mean I understand everything. Amen. But I trust him with it. But again, like the song, that's why I like that song. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Sure, we don't understand everything now, but thank God, one day we will. Romans five one says this. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. Well, if you say that you're saved and you say that you're a child of God and you don't have peace and you're letting uh, the things of life weigh you down, oh, listen, you need to take, you better get along with God, amen, and get back to him. Let me give you some advice. When life attacks your peace, amen, that's why God has given us the privilege of prayer, prayer, will restore. Listen, if you don't have the peace that you have in your life, you get along with God and pray and let him restore uh, that peace that you should have as a child of God. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 say this, be careful for nothing, but in everything, in everything. Say, what does that mean? Exactly what it says. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. What? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. He'll restore that peace. That peace that passes all understanding. What? Look at this. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let, notice that statement. Shall, the peace of God shall keep your hearts. What does that mean? That word keep means to guard. It means to watch over. It means to preserve spiritually. So if you say you're a child of God and you don't have the peace that you should have, right? Well, listen, uh, uh, listen, you've, you, you, you need to get with God and let him restore, amen? He need, you need to put the guard back on duty, amen? Need to need to put that the sentinel back on duty, amen, and preserve you spiritually. Because when you are where you should be spiritually, then you'll have the peace, amen, that comes by being in uh, where you should be with God. And so if you don't have the peace you should have, that shows that, hey, you need to, something's not where it should be in your life spiritually, but come and bring, bring that to God. Next, what does he say in this verse? He says, be found of him in peace and without spot, without spot. In other words, you are confessed up. You are confessed up, we might say. The Bible says be found without spot. This means to be right with God. When we by faith trust Christ as Savior, the Lord puts the spotless record of Jesus Christ, amen, to our account. What a wonderful thing that is. And as as Christians, of course, amen, we do things, we confess them, not because we're worried we'll be condemned to hell, but we want nothing between 
our soul and the Savior. And right along uh, that goes along with that, it says this, and blameless. That means that no one can point a finger at you and say, aha, gotcha, right? No one can look at you like uh, Nathan did to David and say, oh, thou art the man, thou art the woman, right? You're, you're, you're blameless, uh, the word of God says. It means that we find also that Christ desires us to be blameless when he comes again. That we live for the Lord in such a way, again, that no one can point an accusing finger of blame and be justified doing so. So we keep, amen, we keep short accounts with God, uh, we might say. So think of it, uh, uh, think 1 Corinthians 1 7 says this So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8, 1 Corinthians 1, who shall also confirm you unto the end, again, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we think of it this way, to be without spot means I'm right before God. To be blameless means I'm right before man. And we got to have it both ways, right? We want that, that, uh, uh, that, that, that vertical <laughs> relationship to be right. We want that horizontal relationship to, uh, to be what it ought to be. Amen. Spotless and blameless, the word of God says, makes it, makes it very clear. And then it goes on to, it goes on to say here at verse 15, again, an account that the long suffering our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved Paul. And then it mentions Paul. And then it comes down here to verse 17 and mentions something else. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing that ye know these things, right? There is again, you know these things. God has made it clear to us before. Beware, right? Pay, take heed to the word of God and beware lest ye also being led away with the air of the wicked fall, fall, fall from your own steadfastness, your own steadfastness. This word steadfast means this, to hold your ground that you have gained, to hold the ground, right? We got saved. And as we walk by faith, we gain spiritual ground in our life, right? Hopefully you look back and you say, man, I, I've come a long way. Hey, I'm certainly not what I ought to be, but I'm surely not what I was, amen? I've gained a lot of territory by faith over these last 10, 20, 30, 40 years, whatever it's been. And you know what? I don't want to lose any ground. You think of it as being a good, think of it as being a good soldier, right? You've gained a strategic piece of ground or real estate, and you are not going to give it up. Amen. You're going to fight, amen, for the, the territory that you have gained by faith and as a believer. Peter warns us in this verse, amen, and God expects us to stay steadfast as Christians, it began to hold our ground. We've taken ground, amen, and we're not going to go back. No turning back. What's the song say? Amen, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I've come too far, amen, uh, to turn back now, the song says. That's why I love this verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Anybody quote that real quick? Anybody quote that verse? All right, Brother Wood's going to make an attempt to quote that verse. Everybody stare at Brother Wood. You got to stand so everybody can hear you. Yeah, you will. Therefore, is that right? Yes. Yes, comma. 
No. All right. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. I'll start you off. Therefore, my beloved brethren. Okay, we got a summarized version here. <laughs> paraphrased, paraphrased. Right, here it is. Therefore, my beloved brethren, amen, be ye steadfast, amen, Hold your ground. Hold your ground. Boy, the, the life's going to beat against you. The world's going to beat against you. The devil's going to beat uh, uh, against you. I love that uh, poster. I'm sure you've all seen it of that lighthouse that's sort of sticking out there and that big, big waves are uh, uh, pushing up against it. And it's just showing you about, hey, man, be steadfast. Amen. Unmovable. Unmovable. Listen, I, listen, I, I, I'm not backing up. I'm going over. I, I'm taking my stand. Amen. Uh, uh, listen, I may die right here, but I'm not going back. No turning back. Unmovable. Always abounding. Man, I want thank God I've made it to this. I'm going to be steadfast. I've made it to this point in my Christian walk. And if God, the Lord should tarry and let me live another year. Amen. I want to keep pushing forward. I want to keep gaining territory in my Christian life. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, see, there's those words of assurance. You know, right? You know that you're saved. You know he's coming again. You know this is the word of God. You know he, this is the God of word, the, the God, he's the God of the word. And what else do you know? Amen. You know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. <laughs> that, that's the key. You know, because some people are doing things, but it's in vain if they're doing it for self or they're doing it for glory or whatever reason. But if it's in the Lord, it is not in vain. So again, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What a wonderful challenge verse that is and goes right along with it says, listen, don't fall from your own steadfastness. Amen. Stay by the stuff. Stay by the stuff and purpose in your heart. Amen. If God, God has given, let me step into another year. And if he should tarry throughout this year, amen, and let me live through this year, amen, I'm going to continue uh, to march on, amen, for the cause of Christ, for the cause of Christ. And this, this chapter ends, this book ends with a wonderful verse. But what? But grow, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And notice it says in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord. Don't just, don't just, don't just learn about him. Amen. But learn of him. Learn of him. Amen. You can learn about people by reading a book. But you can really only learn of people, amen, by spending time with them. So, amen, read about him and spend time with him. Again, why just go through, again, I say all the time, why just go through life when you can grow through life? And so ask yourself, how much, we just finished here, how much did I grow and learn spiritually last year? And then as I step in this new year, what efforts am I putting in place to continue to grow 
this year? What efforts am I putting? How, what have I purposed? Uh, you know, books, uh, uh, reading the Word of God. We always challenge people to read the Word of God, but other things uh, 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 to study. You know, uh, I, I was looking as I, as I, uh, as I finished up uh, uh, New Year's Eve the other day, I had a book I was reading. I wanted to finish it by New Year's Eve, and I finished it on uh, uh, New Year's Eve. And then on uh, January 1st, I started another book, right? And these, these books, right, uh, they're books to help me personally. I read a lot of books to work on me personally. And I was looking at the, the stack of books on this shelf where the last two years I put the books that I've read, and probably I have a, I have a stack about this high of books that I've read the last two years. And this is beside my Bible reading. This is beside any theological setting. I've read a stack of books, probably almost uh, 25 books or so in the last years or more, just to work on me personally. That's how messed up I am, amen? I gotta read at least about a, a book a month or more, amen? Just to work on, just to work on me. Amen. Because, but I said, hey, I want to continue to grow. I want to continue uh, to be worked on. I want to continue to be a better person, not just for me, so that I can be a better person to those that God brings into my life, so that I can be a, a, a better help to those in my life. That's why I read those. I say, Lord, make me a better person because I want to be a better person uh, to those. Amen. I want to learn how to be nicer and kinder and all those, all those, all those things. It's tough. It's tough. Amen. But the Lord's working on me. Keep praying for me. So grow. So finally, in verse 18, we see we should be growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How easy it is as a Christian to substitute knowledge about the Lord for truly knowing the Lord. Amen. Read. But make sure you're spending time. You know, uh, just to let you know, we, all, we always when we speak about meditation, right? And we always use the example like um, uh, Brother uh, Munson did last week about chewing the cud, right? Chewing the cud, and you know how many how many stomachs does a cow have? I don't know why we always use a cow as an example because we're not cows, right? We're what? We're sheep. Well, here's a question for you. How many stomachs does a sheep have? Four. It has the same setup as a cow does. Right? I looked that up. I said, why are we always using a cow? Well, a sheep has the same setup as, as a cow does because it chews cud like a cow. I thought that was pretty interesting. So listen, uh, listen, I, I'm going to stop using cow as an example, right? They don't need no credit. Amen. Shoot them and have a steak. Amen. Focus on the cat. Focus on the sheep, right? Focus on the sheep, right? And, and so we, right? We need to be chewing the cud, as we say. All right, not chewing the backer. Don't be chewing no backer, uh, but chewing the cud, amen. And meditating on the word of God. I rather think of it as a sheep that that's my responsibility. I'm a sheep, amen. And meditating on the word of God. And as I meditate upon God, what am I? And spending time with him and let him speak. And he walks with me and he talks with me, right? In those early morning hours while the dew is still on the roses. That means I was there early. I was there while the, I got up early while the dew was still on the roses. Listen, when Christ comes again, we should be growing in our Christian lives. So God has told us what he expects to find and with what he has given us, he has every right to expect it. So listen, amen. 
He's coming again. We're headed to the by and by. But again, till we get to the by and by, we have a responsibility to live the life he's called us to live in the now and now. So as we look at this uh, uh, next year, amen, look at this list that he's given us and say, Lord, amen, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be diligent. Lord, in 22, help me to be diligent. Help me to be uh, without spot, help me to be right before you. Help me to be blameless, Lord. Help me to be uh, uh, right before the people. Lord, let people see that no matter what comes my way, the peace of God is ruling my heart. Remember, what's harder than acting like a Christian, it, it, reacting like a Christian, and the peace of God ruling our hearts will help us not only act like a Christian, but that that's what will help us react like a Christian. Lord, help me to be steadfast. Lord, you've got me hitherto. You've got me hitherto. Right? Right? And so, Lord, you've got me this far. Amen. And I believe you'll get me the rest of the way if I'll stay steadfast, unmovable, and just purpose to keep abounding in the work of the Lord. For I know our labor is not in vain. Let's pray.